So today we're talking about going from cold email to close. And I'm really excited to have Travis Pipo on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be on the show as well. I'm excited about this. So Travis is actually the co-founder of Prospector Marketing, um, lead generation and marketing automation company. Um, I'll kind of let you launch into a little bit more about uh, the service offerings and how you guys got started. So my dad and I have started this business. It's been about 11 years in the making, and it's all built out of originally cold calling and finding that to be very ineffective and then finding the right data and contact ability to fill out website forms or create creative to start reaching a mass market and then based on response follow up on that and then from that that evolved into finding the right cleaning tools for email marketing the right databases that give us not only the data that you would typically expect vertical location size of the company and deliverable email addresses but also being able to build on the intent of a database meaning who's responded to what in the past and how can we send them down a tree with our marketing automation tool to put content that engages them and hits their interest points um, at this point because we've already learned what they're interested in. Right. Cool. So it's, yep. So, um, you know, with, with everything that you're doing, I would imagine that the most important thing is really kind of nailing right off the bat, um, you know, the criteria for the audience. Um, right. How do you typically advise clients on, you know, getting that right and maybe what questions do you ask or just how do you make sure that you really hit all those parameters from the from the onset with them? Right off the bat, we fill out a questionnaire with our clientele to figure out their target audience, their target market essentially, what data qualifications in the past have been required for sales to close more efficiently, is it a certain size company, a certain zip code, are you an on-the-ground or on-foot type company? Do you have an outsourced sales department and do you need to be in front of them to sell or can you do it over the phone? With that information and with their value proposition, we're able to then figure out, okay, this is how we would pitch this. This is the target audience. This is how we need to reach them, whether it be email or with LinkedIn or with ads, but typically with email. This is where we need to engage them. And then from that, we go to our data vendor. We look at the qualifications that they have, such as revenue, employee counts, uh, NAICS code, industry vertical targeting, et cetera. And we purchase data accordingly and or from our in-house database of 23 million, we look at our list based on intent. So if somebody has responded in the past to a similar offering but hasn't necessarily converted to my other clients, I can use that audience set to then re-engage with this client based on their previous intent. Hmm. Um, so when you're doing the actual marketing automation and running it through your software, um, mm -hmm. what are sort of some of the, the most critical things to avoid when it comes to um, any type of uh, email marketing automation? So with email marketing automation, what we found to avoid, first off, it was delivery. So what happens with some marketing automation providers is you have absolutely no control over the backend ESP or the email service provider that's hooked up to the automation company. Okay. Most of the front-end automation companies are okay with reporting. We have found that some delay their open rates, their bounce rates, and if they don't give you the bounce reports as quickly as they need to, that can hurt your suppression for another day of sending, mm -hmm. which can cause delivery issues for your client in the future because you're not getting through your bouncing emails out of the domain you're using. And from that, it makes it harder to get emails delivered. But um, our first issue was delivery, So, and it always is. So what you look at is which email service providers do you hook up to? Do you have a shared IP pool that you're allowing us to use? Typically, shared pools are better especially if you know the volume that's going through that pool. Is it retail volume? Is it e-commerce volume? Subscription-based traffic, or is it cold email? 
If it is cold email, then at times dedicated IPs are important. A dedicated sending platform is something that you have to have an in-house manager for, or you have to have a manager that you've hired to do this with the marketing automation company. And in that case, they're going to rotate IP, which is um, making sure that we're making that every time an email isn't delivered or we're hitting a blacklist or something is not getting through, they're adjusting on their side to change delivery pattern to get it into the inbox. So I'd say delivery is something to watch for, reporting and the delay of reporting. And a good marketing automation platform should have a database that you can host and then track intent on. So has somebody clicked previous messages or opened, there should be a history to every prospect record in your marketing automation system. Most provide that. Fewer actually allow you to query on that, but it's important to be able to query based on past campaigns you've run and create segments of data according to what previously they did with campaigns you have. And then lastly is the editor is the actual um, engine with which you create your creative on effective. Is it rendering correctly on the different devices once it's delivered? And Litmus is a good tool. It allows you to test and see, okay, this is how my email will look on a variety of different platforms. And some marketing automation platforms are somewhat deceiving in that. So it's always good to have a secondary test. Yeah, we loved Litmus um, at my former agency. We used it all the time for responsive email. Um, So since we're talking to, you know, creative agency leaders, um, I kind of want to focus a little bit on what agencies in particular can do to craft really effective warm emails. Sure. So creating an effective warm email comes from essentially knowing the intent of your audience ahead of time. So you've already emailed them, you've seen their response or their click pattern, you've seen what they clicked on. So your first message can qualify them into the funnel of some sort, meaning are they interested in website design, are they interested in email marketing, or are they researching vendor options for delivery services or database management. And from that, you create a logic tree. So as soon as they click on one of those assets. You can take them down a path, educating them further in their area of interest. And so what I found to be the most important part of engaging a warm contact is making sure that you have understood what they're interested in, and then you write creative accordingly with that interest. Um, In addition to that, making sure that you've got credibility in the message, that you've established a story that's similar to what their interest lies in, so that they can relate to it. And then ultimately, it's solution-oriented copy from my side, from my agency, it's always about the, the prospect. It's always about what they may need, what we infer that they're needing, what they're looking for, and then how there's a solution for that out there and providing them with multiple options to that solution. One being obviously the agency service that we provide, but another being, hey, you can go to this tool. This tool will help you to do this in-house, do-it-yourself type work if you'd mm-hmm. like. By providing that value, we typically establish good rapport with our clients with warm email. Right, right. Super important also, like in that messaging and in that creative, that your focus, and you, you kind of touched on this, that you're focusing on those solutions, you're focusing on the benefits, not the features. They don't care that it's web design versus oh. package design versus whatever. Um, they yep. care that it's going to, you know, help their products fly off the shelves, you know, for example. And I just, as a side note, when we were talking about database management and marketing automation tools and now ultimately warm prospect lists, there's a few vendors that I recommend everyone who is in email to, to know about. So Send Forensics email, which is a company that does what Litmus does, but also monitors inbox placement rates. So you can see how well your email is hitting the inbox. Email Oversight, which validates all the email addresses that you purchased to make sure that there's no bounces in that, th- that 
that group of data so that when you do deliver it, you get through and you don't hurt your reputation with the email service provider. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to test your content, Sense Forensics also does that to give you a spam score ahead of time so that when you're writing that warm, engaged copy, that cold copy, you can see what spam words have already been logged in their database as being triggers, right. and you can avoid that so you get better delivery for your clientele. Right. So I'll post all the links to uh, some of the things that you just mentioned in the show notes, too. Sounds great. Um, so what about response rates? I mean, obviously, there's a difference between, you know, an average response rate for um, marketing automation versus like a manual high touch uh, outreach. Can you talk yep. a little bit about that? So benchmarking is very important. You can find different benchmark resources online. If you go to yeswear.com, they give a very good overview of benchmarks, what you should expect for warm and cold emailing, as well as campaign monitor. They do that as well with their blog. Mm -hmm. So, But what I've found is that for cold email, if it's warm and engaged data, you should have an open rate of anywhere between 7 and 15%. Now, if it's a subscribed list of somebody that you've had go to your website, like what you're doing here, Kelly, and they've logged in, they've decided that they want to watch these videos, 30 to 50 to 70% open rate is more common. Mm -hmm. But for my type of business, which is mainly outbound prospecting, all I can go off of is previous opens or clicks to a website. So that type of engagement, it's 7 to 15% open rate. If it's a cold list from a new vendor, um, you've never emailed to it before, you shouldn't be seeing many bounce backs because of the cleaning that you did with email oversight. And also if you've sent to them before, they should be deliverable emails and you should get between a 3 and a 7% open rate on that initial file of data that you got, which is a cold list. From that, you can build into that warm list that we were just talking about and end up getting more around a 7 to 15% open rate. Your unsubscribe rate should be below 2% typically from what we found. If your messaging isn't too aggressive, if you're coming across with a cadence that isn't bothering the audience but staying in front of them in a way that they remember you but aren't bothered by you, and so when the time is right, they'll respond to us versus to the competitor. Um, your unsubscribe rate should stay below 2%. If it climbs over that, I suggest changing the volume of which with which you're sending email to these prospects. So sh slow down the cadence and or change the creative so that the subject line is more clear that it's a solicitation. And then the last option is to move the opt-out link to the top of the message versus at the bottom. That actually often helps with delivery with Google. And it also is perceived immediately as a solicitation. And so if there's any bother with this, um, they'll opt out and it gives you a pretty good idea of engagement on your list. But still, 2% or less on opt-outs now, on response rates, if you send 10,000 emails out, what we expect as far as a warm response is about 10 prospects, just like direct mail, with, with a cold email system to generate demand. Not, not if you have a subscription-based audience. But again, with, with a cold list, about 10 out of 10,000, about 100 to 150 will click through to your link to your site. And if you take a, you know, contact me later, or actually this is the correct person within the company type of response, you may generate another 10 to 15 of those types of responses on a cold list. So that's kind of what you should look for. It's very similar to what direct mail used to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if you're using something that's more like super manual where you're going in, maybe using LinkedIn in mail, um, yep. creating messages that are really targeted. I mean, you could see um, response rates uh, really upwards of 50, 50 plus percent. But keep Agreed. in mind that... Agreed those things take a ton of time. It takes a lot of time to research and create messaging that's specific to just one person. And it may not be the right, right person. 
So and you know, a lot of times it is. If you want to start with a broad program and see a funnel develop for yourself and then one-to-one email the list of 150 people that went to your website, that's going to be very helpful. You're going to already have established that they're interested. They may not have responded. Now it's time to give them a one a personal one-to-one email. We like to start broad because then we can break that list down into really actionable targets for our one-to-one emailing. But yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, I love it. So as we're wrapping up, um, what are some things that you think um, that creative agencies should be testing in their outbound tactics? Okay, send to lead ratio is one for us, which we're doing all the time. It's something that took me years to kind of put my finger on. But what it does is basically give you an idea of not only your delivery of the email, so you can tell from the open rates, um, the unique open rates, how well you're getting delivered. You can tell then also what your subject line is doing. So you have to isolate variables. In some ways, with open rates, for instance, it's isolating the subject line and then isolating the first two sentences of the email that are being preview read on a mobile phone. Mm. And if you can isolate those variables, you're going to be able to see, okay, first the subject line can change to this. We did an A-B test on that. Now we're going to A-B test the first sentence and see how that changes our open rate. And then from that, another test that we have is just a simple either open to lead ratio or open to conversion ratio, and then also send to lead conversion. And both of those things give different um, information. So from the open to lead, you know that they're reading the message, they're engaged. Is your conversion action engaging them to respond one in 1,000, one in 500, one in 200? And what is your goal? Typically for us, it's about one in 700 for certain verticals. It depends. Some are 1,200 to one type responses. But what we can do then is change the call to action. We can push it further up in the email or we can put a click link in the top of the email to engage them in a different way. And then we, again, test against that send to lead ratio to see if we've improved or actually hurt ourselves by making the change and adjust accordingly. The open to lead ratio or excuse me, the send to lead ratio is something that gives you a little bit more of an idea on inbox placement as well. So you have your opens and your unique opens percentage. But with send to lead, you're also able to tell, okay, I can. I can see that by sending 10,000 emails or 5,000 emails, I'm getting five leads versus with my other vendor, my other delivery vendor, ESP, I'm getting 4,000 to one. So with that, you can tell that your backend platform, your delivery service, one is doing better than another. So you can actually test against different email service providers such as MailChimp or Rackspace or SendGrid or Dyne. Um, and our best performers for cold email on uh, email service providers this is, is SparkPost. They're very good. Mailgun is somewhat lenient, which is an affiliate of Rackspace, so it's, it's helpful for cold email. SparkPost is the best for warm email. Dyn I found to be the best for subscription-based traffic. And SendGrid is right up there with SparkPost as well. There's oh. a ton of others, but those are the ones that we've, after testing, about 50. <laughs> those are the ones that we've landed on. Well, definitely going to put the links to those in the show notes as well, because, I mean, why not, you know, sort of right. leverage all the testing that you've done uh, mm-hmm. for, for the agencies who are listening. So, Travis, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kelly. Time. 